Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 486, Mr. Samich. Cody's wish Hey, happy Whitney Stakes uh, for uh, everybody. Car Rambler, I know we're a little bit late. I was trying to shovel in lunch real yeah. fast. I was a little behind. It's all my fault. I'll take the uh, ownership on that one. But hey, we're here. That's the important part. If you listen to the podcast or watching the replay, you've got no idea. You're like, oh, yeah, this started exactly right when I wanted time. it to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, covering Saratoga's late pick five. Uh, Races 8 through 11, we've got the, starts with the grade 1 test, goes into the grade 1 Saratoga Derby, into the grade 1 Whitney, and then after that, we've got a couple of really tough, salty uh, N1X allowance level horses, one on dirt, one on turf. So, uh, a good mix of races here. It's nice to see, surprisingly, at Saratoga, other than the Whitney, which we knew was going to be short anyway, and even that got six, uh, some pretty good fields in here, Mike. Look at you. This California racing guy just taking shots at the Naira fields every chance you get now. No, they're good. I mean, and, and look at look at Del Mar. The reason we're here and not at Del Mar, aside from we want to talk about Cody's wish, they're Hirsch, which is not even an exciting race most years. They drew five, and I think we all believe Adair Manor is going to run away with it. So, yeah, not a, not an exciting race, but uh, we have Saratoga. Saratoga is all that matters this weekend. Oh, we talked about this last week too. The first two weekends at Del Mar are just unmatched because you have these monster fields that are going because all these horses are pointing up toward Del Mar. The stakes races are generally two-year-old turf stakes races, things like that, where you get full fields and a lot of different ways you can go. And then as the season grinds along, you get these shorter and shorter fields at Del Mar, whereas Saratoga seems to almost pick up momentum as it gets going. As long as we can get the rains to rain to hold off, then Saratoga is a phenomenal, phenomenal racetrack late in the meet. Hopefully we can get that. Hopefully uh, we start connecting here at Saratoga as well. Uh, speaking of connecting in Saratoga, if you bought the Samo Bombs, you're having yourself a good day so far. It sounds like it's continuing over at Del Mar. You had six straight on top winners, and then uh, your second pick got a, a, was a must-use. That was a winner as well. So you're having a good day so far, all things considered. Yeah, some people uh, took the took the advice of pressing tickets, and uh, the, the pick four in the middle paid $94.50. A couple people had that for 10 bucks. I know someone had a $20 cold pick four in the early one. We had four singles, which went winner, 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 winner. Uh, winner in the early pick four so that was kind of nice i paid 1600 for 20 bucks so glad to see people are cashing in hopefully we can uh, get this late pick five home late pick four home i'm still alive in the pick six and delmar we started out with a uh, top one two finish with the exact as well so just gotta keep it rolling now Boom. Uh, Nick Sievers in the chat is upset that the lure and the troy are not in the late pick five listen the caravel is is a star but if you look at who she's facing, there's not a lot in the Troy, uh, and it's certainly not a grade one race, so that's why it's not in there. As far as betting goes, they structure these races and these sequences to try and produce a good betting product as well. We've got you know full fields in the last two allowance races. Uh, the lure, it does start off the pick six, so if you do want to play the lure, you've got that going for you. That is race seven. Um, yeah, it's it, it's great though, and even with you know, it's, Mark brings up Saratoga has been hurt for sure by small stakes fields and rain wash and turf races off. That ha the latter thing that happens every year. There's always some rain that washes a bunch of turf races off. That's just you're in New York, you're not in California. You know that's gonna happen there. But like Carl Ramrod says, how any fan can complain about Saratoga and Del Mar's beyond me. It's absolute best time of year for the horse racing fan because you get big stars like Elite Power, like Forte. Like Cody's wish that we're going to talk about in a second. You ready to do it? Yeah, let's do it, man. Riders up! <laughs> Riders up! 
could have been anywhere in the world right now. We're glad you chose to be here with us talking about Saratoga's late pick five on Saturday, August 5th, which kicks off with race eight. The grade one test stakes for eight three-year-old fillies sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt. And you can probably expect to see one or two of these fillies hopefully show up in the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint, another seven furlong race at the end of the year. Uh, a couple of big stars in here, including the one horse Pretty Mischievous at nine to five. Winner of back-to-back -back grade ones, the nine furlong Kentucky Oaks, the eight and a half furlong Acorn. That was at one turn. Can she handle seven furlongs, Mike? Uh, we'll see, man. The pipeline just went down to a 21 to one shot, bold uh, something. At Saratoga, didn't have that one. So that uh, that's kind of a bummer. Anyway, all right, let's talk about some Saratoga racing on Saturday here. I thought this was a really fun race. I, like, you got a ton of speed that signed up here. Pretty mischievous cutting back, really interesting. Uh, Maple Leaf Mel has been phenomenal in every one of her starts. I, I've tried to beat her a couple times, and that's gone poorly, and she's 5-5 five five lifetime. But I'm going to go to an old favorite here. Uh, I don't know if Shadi's in the chat, but if she is, she'll be happy about this. Give me Dorth Vader, the sixth horse on top. <laughs> I think the seven furlongs is a perfect distance for Dorth Vader. I mentioned the pace. Dorth Vader has been sneaky good at sitting right behind fast paces and running a very good race. I love the six to one price. And I'm just not, I'm not sold that Pretty Mischievous is going to be one of those horses that's going to be really good on the cutback. I'm not sold that Maple Leaf Mel is going to be able to take as much pressure she's going to take here and win at seven for a long. So I'll go with a little bit of a price here. Give me the six for Darth, Darth Vader. Uh, yeah, shout out to Shadi. She is not going to be, uh, she's not in the live chat. She is busy this weekend. There's a convention called Gen Con that she is uh, at right now, but uh, I know that she's sad that she can't be here for the live show, but she'll be happy to hear that. She'll be happy, maybe a little bit surprised to hear that I also used Dorth Vader. I only went too deep and I have her in second behind Pretty Mischievous, but uh, you know, the fact that you nailed it, that she's returning to a distance where I think it's really great for her seven furlongs up to a one turn mile. That's right where she needs to be. Remember she won the grade two Devona Dale. Uh, by almost five lengths and we thought red carpet ready at least at one turn was untouchable at that point and so she dusted red carpet ready uh, looked phenomenal there the Gulfstream Park Oaks Kentucky Oaks both two turn races and she didn't do poorly especially in the Kentucky Oaks for her to get fifth after sitting so close to the pace I think a little closer than she probably does like to be um, now she's going to show up here uh, second time out for Weaver second time out for Johnny V it, yeah, it's she the, those back-to-back -back bullets that she's worked over the local track. You've got to love that as well. So I'm with you on North Bader. I also, like I said, I went 2D. Pretty mischievous is the other one. Uh, Brendan Walsh said that he purposely bypassed the nine furlong grade one CCA Oaks because of this, because he thinks that she's probably going to be better at seven furlongs at a mile. Uh, she did win, of course, the nine furlong Kentucky Oaks, but even the acorn, right? She was a very close win for her. It was by a head and a neck in her last two starts. She does have a seven furlong win. She uh, Her second career start, it was in the slop at Churchill Downs at age two, but she won it handily. Broke her maiden pretty easily on debut at six and a half furlongs. Not something Brendan Walsh horses do. Clearly the most, you know, classiest horse in this field right now. Uh, talent perspective, I think she's uh, right up there at the top. I'm going to keep trying to beat Maple Leaf Mel. I tried, <laughs> I tried trying to beat her in the victory ride stakes. That didn't go well for me. But if you look at who she's beaten, and even in, you know, the, the grade three Miss Preakness, the grade three victory ride, there was no Dorth Vader. There was no Pretty Mischievous. Uh, Money's Gold even wasn't in any of those spots. And this is a horse that almost won a grade two on Derby weekend. Missed that by a head. So... I don't think that Maple Leaf Mel is of the caliber of these. She's a good horse. It's a great story that uh, she's named for her now trainer, Mel Giddings, who was an assistant to Jeremiah Englehart. She's owned by the coach, Bill Parcells, and they named her after Giddings, who's a Canadian. She went through, she survived uh, stage four breast cancer. So uh, she came out on top and now she's got her first, that was her first stakes winner uh, in the grade three victory ride, Maple Leaf Mel. Now her first grade one starter. So 
I said it for the victory ride. I'll say it again. If I lose this leg, I want it to be to this horse, but I'm not going to play her. I think there's just too much speed, and I think the talent that she's facing, just a little too tough for her, Mike. Yeah, I was back and forth putting her on the ticket. I ended up leaving her off the ticket. Um, if you want to add her, you can. It would move the ticket up to $64. I'm at 48 bucks, so it's not not too expensive of an ad. I did go three deep here. I took a shot with the price. I went with Interpolite, uh, Interpolite who actually lost to Maple Leaf Mel last, last time out, but was 5-1 to one in that spot. You're getting 15-1 to one on the morning line. Uh, this horse ran really well in the Belmont, two back at Keeneland, going seven furlongs. I, I thought showed a ton of promise in that race, was able to come from off the pace. And if this thing collapses and it's not pretty mischievous, why couldn't it be the five here? I mean, if you go back and you watch that last race, had a ton of trouble out of the gate, never really had a chance in it. Now you're getting a really nice price, Flavian Pratt picking up the mount. I, to me, if you want to take a swing here to someone from off the pace, and, and the five, Interpolate, makes as much sense as anybody else to me. So I ended up one five six here. And Pratt gets the mount because uh, Irad is going to stay aboard Money's Gold. Neither of us used her. She's really fast, but I think she needs to be, you know, five, six furlongs, maybe quarter horse. Like, that's where she belongs. She's uh, true Munnings filling in the sense that uh, she's all speed and she runs out of gas very quickly. So um, would you be surprised if Money's Gold won? I would just because the eight and the two, I think, are just as fast as she is and are going to make things difficult. Yeah, that that's the problem for me too. And we're seven, not six. Like if this was six, I'd be a little more uh, likely mm-hmm. to use her. But I don't see Maple Leaf Mel mm-hmm. sitting. Like, and that's the thing. And so that means Money's Gold, who's right to the inside, has to let Maple Leaf Mel clear and then wheel around her and beat her, or has to press. And I don't think either of those scenarios are very favorable for Money's Gold. So I feel like because of the other speed in here, because of the distance, I just I couldn't get to Money's Gold, who super talented filly. Uh, I just think six furlongs better than seven four. Second leg of the Saratoga late pick five on Saturday, August 5th, race nine, the grade one Saratoga Derby for nine three-year-olds routing a mile and three sixteenth on the outer turf. And it's interesting that the grade one Belmont Oaks winning Philly Aspen Grove is going to scratch out of Friday's grade three Saratoga Oaks in order to run against the boys. They're going for a bigger purse, $600,000 and the grade one status uh, to get, try and get a, a multiple grade one winner here. Uh, I'd be surprised if either one of us used her because I know you were trying to fade her in the Saratoga Oaks before it was announced that she was going to scratch. So where'd you go on top? Yeah, um, I think this is actually an easier field than the Saratoga Oaks, to be honest with you, for her. If you go up and down, and I think she's got a better shot in this race than the other. I, I only <laughs> I only went too deep here. I just don't think this is that contested of a field. Um, I put the two-horse uh, program trading on top here. Uh, Chad Brown, Flavian Pratt, probably the fastest horse early. Um, and if that's the case... I'm not sure they're going to be able to catch her late. I mean, or catch him late. I'm sorry. I just, this seems like a horse that's going to get loose on the lead. Looks very good going a mile and 16th last time. So I don't think the extra two 16th can be much of an issue. Uh, bred to get the distance as well. And it just feels like this one's going to dominate early. Mondango, the one horse, the other speed, I guess, in here. But that speed was shown going 51-14. And program trading last time went 23-2, and 47-1. and uh, So it's just a different level of speed on top of that pratt i would expect is going to clear rosario just because of the two styles of those riders and the one in the two posts i think the two has a very good shot at taking this field gates wire same top pick for me as well the lone speed on paper angle is pretty good i also like that last time out uh the horse pressed the pace you know sat off of it a little bit but was in but within pressing range of the actual leader while on the outside and then ended up drawing to win or drawing away to win by two and a quarter lengths and that was 
Uh, a one turn mile on the 16th, but still, this horse has two starts, both at a mile on the 16th. And when you see that, especially when they debut at that distance from a top trainer like Chad Brown, it tells you that the trainer's thinking that the longer the better for this horse. So you get an extra furlong here, um, which can often help speed horses as long as they have the staying power, and it looks like this one should. Uh, last time out, also, Scramble was uh, third that day, returned to miss by a nose in an N1X allowance here on July 22nd. And if you watch that race back, Scramble probably should have won that race, but he hung pretty badly late in the stretch there. Um, not worried that this is a Clarivate horse that Irad's never touched. Uh, Pratt got them out last time out at Belmont because Irad was on suspension, uh, a common theme with him sometimes. So wasn't able to yeah wasn't able to ride there for a little while um we both have the number uh, the second horse in line as well here the number five far bridge your two to one favorite no shocker there uh as long as jose ortiz is healthy and i think he's i don't know if he was riding today or if he's back tomorrow at saratoga um but as long as he's okay and the ribs are fine he'll be back on this horse and the horse is undefeated with jose ortiz last time out in the belmont derby won it and i going into it i was like look the, the difference why he wins this after not winning the last two jockey effing upgrade you lose rosario you ditch him and then you get jose ortiz up and you know got the got the uh even the two losses he was very competitive he was right there we thought for sure on derby day he was winning that race in the final stages until he got caught but we both love far bridge don't we yeah you made all great points i mean this this horse just looks like it's ready to go uh been in great form improved significantly in that belmont derby i think has a shot of taking another step forward and if that's the case, Farbridge is going to be awfully tough. You go back, you look at Web Slinger, who I love as a horse. Great story, winning the American Turf. Pace just set up for Web Slinger that day. They went 23 and 4, 47 and 4. We're not going to get that type of pace for Web Slinger to close into. So I think it's going to make it a little more difficult for that horse. Farbridge really has been able to sit almost any trip and close into almost any pace. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and expect Farbridge to be able to take a step forward. We know the distance isn't going to be a problem. Um, and then that last race was just, it was phenomenal. I mean, that's the thing. This took a really nice step forward. You said it, Jose Ortiz, huge jockey upgrade there from what Rosario had been doing specifically at Churchill and Belmont. So you got to think that all systems go again for Far Bridge. Are you going any deeper? Are you leaving out the Euros or are you going to add one of them? I did. I, I actually went four deep here. I used the number six web slinger. I thought his Belmont Derby race was actually very good. Uh, he ended up getting fourth to Farbridge in that spot, but uh, he and uh, sorry Farbridge and the Foxes both got inside trips. I know the Foxes blew the start and was last away, and, and that kind of hurt his chances, but. They both got inside trips. Wetzlinger had to go six wide in the far turn. And Farbridge saved ground, like I said, got that great rail trip. I think that we've seen that they are comparable enough in talent that if I'm going to get twice the price on Webslinger and it's not going to make my ticket balloon, I'm going to go ahead and use him here. So I fit him on. And then last horse on my entire ticket is going to be the number eight Lion of War. Uh, comes out of a near stakes win at Royal Ascot going a mile and a quarter. The distance should be no issue for him. He's a son of the late, great Roaring Lion, uh, who also was a Qatar racing horse. Um, that horse loved to run long distances on turf. He's out of a Manju mare. Manju is known for giving, you know, Manju was a mile and a half horse. So he's known for producing a lot of stamina horses. Uh, he seems to be improving. It's just a question of how does he match up against these horses? Uh, and he is a European coming in. So I thought that was enough to use him at eight to one. I think that there is enough talent here from the American perspective. Uh, and we've seen enough of these horses do well and succeed that you're going to get that price. We both left off the real horse Mondigo. And for me, it was two reasons. One, I don't think he gets the easy lead that he got last time out in the Belmont Derby. Even though we're going shorter, if we were going this distance at Belmont, he actually would have won that race. Mike, what was his price that day compared to his five to one morning line now? It was 41 and a half to one that day, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Two reasons, I think, why we both are leaving him off of this ticket. And, oh, by the way, it's Rosario, uh, you know, another reason to not use him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, Lion of War was my, my third horse in if I was going to use somebody. Um, and one of the reasons I didn't was what Kevin B mentioned. He's had some trouble with the gate in European races. That generally can cause problems in U.S. races. Like the especially Foxes. Ones, especially <laughs> ones we're not projecting too much pace in. So uh, I think that could be an issue there for Lion of War. It's one of the reasons I didn't use that Euro. Uh, I respect the franchise. It's 30 to 1, and Sias picks up the mount for Joseph E. O'Brien. He's not shipping horses over here to lose. But I couldn't right. really figure out why he shipped this horse over here, which made it a little more difficult for me to try and include that horse. Look, Mundango, I, I get it why people want to play him, but 5 to 1 is just too short for me. Uh, you'd need a repeat effort or better of that last race with completely different running tactics, which he's going to do. I mean, I, he's going to come from off the pace. I just, I'm not sure I trust him at, at literally one eighth of the price. So it, to me, this was. Tough to get around the two and the uh, and the five here. Honestly, like I might even take a shot with the three before I took a shot with anyone else and try the filly in here because she did run well in the Belmont Oaks Invitational. She needs to take a step forward, but at least she gets a little bit of a weight break. Um, and then she's not completely devoid of speed like some others in here. And again, John Velasquez to ride her after Ushin Murphy was already going to be riding the eight line of war. So that's, you know, Ushin was supposed to ride Aspen Grove in the Serta Oaks and now uh, won't get that chance. But uh, you talked about Joseph O'Brien sending the four over. I think there was an extra spot on the FedEx plane because he's got a couple in the Saratoga Oaks and he's also got a maiden debuting on Saturday in race. I want to say it's race two, race one, the opener. Um, he's got a two year old maiden debut in there. So. I think that there was just an extra spot and they're like, I mean, you know, the horse won last out. Why not? We'll go, we'll send him over there and, and see what he can do. So, but we're both going to pass on him. Uh, next up, the third leg of the Saratoga late pick five on Saturday, August 5th. The big one we care about race 10, the grade one Whitney stakes a Breeders' Cup winning year in for the classic six males routing a mile and eighth on the dirt, but only one horse matters in this race. Uh, two questions for you. Did you single Cody's wish? And what do you think his off odds will be here? Because he's one to two on the morning line. Well, before we do that, I'm just going to bring this point up from Chris Naello. Uh, Rosario is starting to get back to respectability. I'm dangerously saying this time before it missed. Boy, right, boy, got us. I will give, give Chris some credit. Uh, he mentioned this a couple days ago. Rosario is putting horses in better spots. He has not been as much of a train wreck the last week or so. So uh, I'm, I'm not completely off Rosario right now uh, because he has you're not like the, the classic when it's going really bad for him is when we just choke the crap out of a speed horse early and try and rate it. And he has not been doing that. He sends a couple horses a day. So uh, he may be grounding back into form. So keep an eye on Rosario here. See if he flips the script. Uh, as to your question, yeah, I'm singling Cody's wish. I thought this race came up pretty light um, considering what we thought might be in it a couple weeks ago. Uh, one to two is probably a pipe dream. I think you're getting two to five, maybe one to five when we actually break from the gate. It's going to be all about whether or not Cody's wish can get the distance. We've been waiting for him to go a mile and an eighth for a while. I don't think it's going to be a problem for him, especially against this field. Uh, to me, it's really like, okay, what do you want to do underneath here? Because it, you, Cody's wish is going to be very, very tough to beat. Charger probably tries to control the pace early. Zandon loves running second and third. Uh, they're your second and third choices at five to one and nine to two. Uh, but to me, this is Cody's wish to move on. Well, let's do our, uh, let's just give out a, uh, same thing for me, Stone Cold, and I think one to five is what it goes off at. Um, I've got a Cody's Wish, Zandon Charge, it's straight trifecta, I think is how it comes in. What about you? Um, I have that order as well. I was six, one, two, four, I believe, for the guide. Um, okay. If you want to go straight super, uh, but to me, yeah, like, Zandon makes more sense for second than Charge It to me. I think Charge It sets the pace, Zandon catches him, Cody Wish, Cody's Wish flies by both of them. Uh, yeah. 
I guess there's a world where Charger can go gate to wire. I guess there's a world where Charger just gets caught late by Cody's wish, and that would be the argument for going 6-2. Um, but Giant Game does like to show a little speed. Dwayne Barrio isn't completely devoid of speed. So I would expect that Charger has the early lead and that Zandon and, and Cody's wish both run him down in the 6-1-2 is how it comes home. But, uh, yeah, this is one where I probably look at the prices as well because depending on what you get at the exact or the try, because I'm only playing cold exactts or cold tries here, and so just check the price and see if you can get a nice nice exact at home at like 5-1, to 4-1 to one, with Cody's wish on top and there's Zandon to charge in the second. I mean, you talk about Zandon. Uh, Kevin B says Zandon loves silver, baby. Uh, yeah, he's at 11 starts. He's got five seconds. Uh, it should be six seconds because I still say Rich Strike winning the Derby was stupid and shouldn't count. It should have been an epicenter Zandon straight exacted there. But Zandon just doesn't like to win. He broke his maiden on debut as a two-year-old, almost won the Remsen in his next start uh, against Modonigal, and then he wins the Bluegrass over... Checks notes. Smile Happy, who scratched out of this race. He's got a, a small injury. Uh, Emmanuel, who's a turf horse, was at third that spot. So really not that impressive. Uh, and yet off of that race, now the, the bluegrass, it's a, it, no, that was actually the first year was a grade one. So they almost probably took, took it back away from them there. But yeah, we're big on Cody's wish here. We both think a 6-1 exact and a 6-1-2 trifecta. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, August 5th, race number 11. This is when it gets interesting. 10 males, three and up, sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt at the N1X allowance level. Four of these horses, Mike, are exiting maiden wins, and they're now facing seasoned winners for the first time. Who's your top pick? One of those four horses. <laughs> You're the nine horse. Capture the flag at 15 to one on top here. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a swing. Saez riding for Suge McGahee. And it's a little different than uh, what you may expect, right? Capture the flag. We've not seen this horse since July 30th, 2022. Off 180 plus day layoffs. Shug is 22%. First time late is 21%. Saya's got off Carmel Chip, the 10 horse, for the 9 horse here. And, and Capture the flag, if you remember, was a really impressive debut winner at Saratoga as a two-year-old last year. And we just haven't seen him in a <laughs> full year. And now we're returning to a racetrack we know he likes. Saya takes this mount. This just feels like all systems go here to me at a big time price. I don't see how you can leave this horse off. And look, if I was going to take, you know, this is one of those spots where would I, I, mean, I like the seven a little bit, right? Ever so mischievous. I like the five a little bit, I, you know, I, I'd like, but the prices just aren't there when you compare it to 15 to one on capture the flag, who I think has as good of a shot as anyone else to win this race. So I'm going to take a price. I'm going to take this, the nine capture the flag on top. Yeah, we were talking about it off air before the show started, uh, in between my bites of my lunch. Uh, I almost made this my top pick as well. Uh, you know, the 371 day layoff is a concern that's usually a negative with sugar horses, but two reasons to like it. A, a horse broke the maiden on debut, which was right here at Saratoga going five and a half furlongs. This horse hasn't missed a single work in 10 straight weeks. This horse is fit as F as he could possibly be for a sugar horse. Uh, and then, like you said, the fact that size is going to be uh, uh, staying on this horse is a big sign. But you compare that with the other Shook horse coming off of a similar long layoff, the two Signator. And this is a horse that going into the Derby season, I know a lot of people were excited about. Huge expensive purchase for West Point Thoroughbreds and company. And, and you know, by Tappet, obviously, he and the gold mirror look like could be a real star. And then just constantly misses works, misses works. You look that, you know, has three works, straight works at Saratoga on the page, but then it missed a month. And then you go back and was like, okay, yeah, through May and June was working. Well, the horse missed four months of work. This horse is having trouble staying healthy, which is a shame. But it also tells me if you're coming into this, you missed a month of works. You haven't ran since October. 
And then now you've got three weeks and you're going to try and beat this group. And this is not maidens. These are like seasoned allowance horses that you're facing. Uh, a big reason I was against the two in this spot. But I do like the other Suge. My top pick is going to be the 10 Carmel Chip at 7-2. to two. I think the horse is going to sit a great stalking trip early. Be in prime position to power home late. I hope that he doesn't get stuck out too wide. But I don't think from a pace perspective that that's going to happen. I kind of think the 1, 5, and 7 all could go. And uh, you know probably sit back there with the three uh, in the second group. Eight for 30 lifetime and a five-year-old facing a bunch of three-year-olds. Uh, you know, some of these horses, like I said, coming off of maiden wins. Last time out, uh, ran third in a photo finish over this course in distance. The race was won by a four to five favorite that had Irad riding for David Jacobson. And those two together, they're pretty damn hot in New York right now. Uh, Irad hops back aboard, had three straight wins, March, April, May, all with Irad riding in that spot. So uh, I, I like the 10 caramel chip uh, in this spot for, for Jose D'Angelo, the, jo- the trainer, and I read riding. I, I don't think you used the 10, though, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, this is a sneaky big step up in class. That was my big thing. I realized this horse yeah. is 8 for 30 lifetime. has a ton of wins, but a lot of those wins are in $10,000 allow- allowance levels. Uh, you know, And that's a Churchill Keeneland, the lowest level possible allowance. was running at Gulfstream. was running an $8,000 claimer at Gulfstream in January of this year. Um, so a lot of those wins are against much lesser. The numbers on the page fit. It's just I'm not sure the class on the page fits with this level or this caliber of horse and what Carmel Chip is going to be running. And then to the, on top of that, the seven and two kind of hurts me a little bit, right? Like if, if we were staring mm-hmm. at, at 10 to one, I could make a much better argument for, for ignoring the class issue. But because of the price of seven to two, I just can't really ignore the class issue. The Carmel Chip is stepping way up here. Uh, to try and compete with these now like yeah totally could win the race i'm not saying that the horse is no chance just for me I, I like i just i can't get there when you're taking on this level of horses who've run in grade one grade two races i mean the eight bourbon bash was in the grade one hopeful the grade one bruce Futurity, the grade two rebel is 20 to one right I, so it's like versus a horse that's been running in ten thousand dollar and twenty thousand dollar allowances that's just it's hard to swallow seven to two for me there um, I did play the seven ever so mischievous who is going to be your favorite in this spot is going to try and take this field most likely gate to wire Brad Cox Tyler Gaffleone great workout on July 29th uh, not really that interesting because we're a two to one but it's a horse that I think you kind of want to be using here it's the other must use for me I do like the five frat pack a little bit here uh, it's a horse that debuted for Chad Brown in July of 2022 at Saratoga Ran third behind up to the mark on the dirt that day. It's always interesting because up to the mark now a dominant turf horse. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's why these Saratoga maiden special weights can be so much fun. Came back at Belmont and looked phenomenal. Uh, Dominated a small field, only five horses that day. Won easily uh, at right around even money. Now coming back. I love the Pratt. Is running riding for frat pack too i'm glad that they yep. decided this is the go-to jockey for this horse <laughs> if, if if frat pack can take another step forward and shows the ability to rate i think he makes some sense here um i don't love the fact that this is one of those maidens coming in against olders or coming against uh winners for the first time but at least it, that frat pack's a four-year-old not a three-year-old so to me there's a little bit of a positive there and then i'm going to take one big shot here too i'm going to go with a four horse bad to the bones bill mott uh and john velasquez 15 to 1 on this one I think the races two and three back are better than what they look like on paper. And then when you look at the last race, it was two to one against Brewpub, who's your three horse in this spot, who's the favorite that day, also at two to one. And now one is eight to one, one is 15 to one. And the reason is because the four just didn't run that that well. Well, the four was on the inside that day. The, the, didn't get the trip that you really wanted, kind of chasing the inside, caught Kip back, didn't like the track. There's enough reasons for me to kind of draw a line through that last effort for the four. And if you do that, the previous two are good enough to compete with this field. You're getting a big-time price on a trainer in a barn that's hot right now. 
Uh, I, I looked at the four. I considered the three and the four. I didn't use either one of them, but uh, both are a little interesting. The three to me, uh, which I didn't like. One thing I didn't like about the four is that Alvarado is not on the horse and ends up riding not for Bill Mott, but on, on the three horse when he didn't ride that horse last out. Um, the three horse to me, I was like, oh, I could make a case because if there's a pace meltdown, I think the three is going to come running real strong. And then I look back in the past performances, and I was like, man, it, if it's not total slop, I don't think this horse has a shot in hell against these horses. All three wins and 39 starts. 39 starts. Three wins all in the slop. So I couldn't pull the trigger on the three, unless there's just a sudden downpour at Saratoga. But right now it's looking like it'll be fast and firm, which is really a blessing on a big day. Uh, I agree with you on the number five, Frat Pack. F Pratt on Frat Pack. Say that five times fast. Uh, interesting fact about this horse, $410,000 auction purchase as a yearling by Liz Crow and Brad Weisbord. And like 98% of their horses go to Brad Cox now. They said this was a, they were repping for Peter Brandt, who always sends his horses to Chad Brown. And so it's interesting that that's where it ends up. Because also, you know, a dirt sprinter, you think that's Brad Cox's milieu, not necessarily Chad Brown's. So uh, very interesting that that's where the horse ends up. But I, I couldn't I couldn't get away from the five. Uh, so for me, I just went th- uh, five, nine, ten in this spot. I-, I did, like I said, take a look at the four there. I think maybe just might be a little bit too much, but could definitely hit the board. I just, I didn't like the fact that the horse didn't really show anything much last time out uh, at Belmont Park. But you did make a case for a horse was stuck inside, took a bunch of kickback. Uh, hopefully, doesn't get that happen here. Um, as far as the seven. I'm trying to beat the seven here, and you are getting a good jockey upgrade, great jockey upgrade from Flo to Tyler Gaffleone. But two reasons I'm against, uh, and I saw people in the chat bringing it up here. Chris Maiello brings up the seven is going to be bet through the floor because it's it's Tyler Gaffleone riding for Brad Cox. I also hate the fact that the horse that beat him at Ellis, Heartbreaker, came back to run a huge clunker in that spot, just completely fell apart. Uh, it was a Dale Roman's horse, and uh, first of all, you lost to a Dale Roman's horse. I don't know how you're going to come to Saratoga and, and, and win here. But then on top of that, Heartbreaker ran terribly in his next start against N2X allowance. And the speed figure regressed for ever so mischievous after breaking his maiden in the slop at Churchill Downs. So reasons I was against the horse. But if Brad Cox and Tyler Gaffion win with this horse, it's not going to be a big shock. I'm just trying to beat a, a what I think is a, a beatable favorite here, two to one. Yeah, I mean, I'm the funny thing, Heartbreaker clunking. Anytime a McPeak course clunks, I'm not worried about it. Like you never know because you've seen so we've seen so many instances where a McPeak horse runs huge. Romans, and then not runs, McPeak, and Romans. The Romans, I'm sorry. Well, I've forgiven this thing called as McPeak. You see these horses Ooh, run huge. Kenny McPeak says, ouch. <laughs> well, that's fair. I should I should actually I I should I I withdraw that comment. I will take McPeak over well. <laughs> Uh, but like the, some of these trainers, like it's just you, you get these messy, messy efforts. I also don't think two to one is going to be off odds. I, I think that the ten and the five are going to go off favorites here. I, I they're close to it. I think there's. I don't think the seven is getting bet off the board in this spot. We'll see. But I, I would be surprised if you see the seven under that two to one morning line because uh, I do think this is a pretty tough race. Um, but I, I do respect the seven and what he's been able to do toward the front end. I think the seven is probably your pace too here. Uh, we'll see if the five decides to go, but I think it's between the two of them that's going to be the pace. I guess our old friend on the rail, Cape Trafalgar, may decide to, to be part of that pace effort as well, but we'll see what happens. This is a tough race. I I like the seven enough to say that I, I'm not going to leave it off here. To me, it was the second pick. I was nine, seven, four, five in this spot, so I'm not going to leave the seven off. Before we move on, special shout out. Shadi is actually paying attention somehow with uh, with everything working at Gen Con. But the big news here, Shadi reporting there's a horse racing board game. Horse racing is safe. Shadi, tell if you're still watching, uh, tell us in the chat what the game is because I do have a uh, 
a game that is horse racing related. So it's uh, I think it's like a, you roll some dice and see if your horse moves or something. But we'll see if it's the same one there. Uh, but good to see you in the chat. The final like of the Saratoga late pick five on Saratoga, August 5th, race number 12. If I pull it up here, 12 males, three and up, routing a mile and a 16th on the outer turf at the N1X level. The Ortiz brothers must be thinking, speaking of games, that they're playing musical horses here, Mike, because Irad's hopping off the four for the 10. The 10 got Jose leaving for the four horse. They're just kind of going all over the place. They have the same jockey agent, so I don't really know what that's about. Uh, where'd you go on top here? <laughs> Uh, look, this is a race that was tough for me because a lot of my old favorites are in here, but uh, this is a trip trouble horse that's coming back for me here. I, I considered playing a press ticket and just singling Shutters, the one horse. If you go back and you watch the last race, Shutters was the best horse in that race. I, I mean, yep. going into the far turn, essentially two horses in front of Shutters, one to the inside, one to the outside, two horses behind. Shutters just kind of has to sit in that pocket in the middle of these horses, and then the two horses from behind roll around the outside. And Shutters just has to sit behind a wall of three, finally gets room, gets through, and then two horses come over and Shutters gets shut off on the rail. Uh, Shutters was the best horse in that race. And so that to me means you don't even use Alzaraka, who ended up finishing a, a neck in front of Shutters. Shutters would have won that race if, if uh, he got through. I, I would expect you're going to see him get a better trip here because it can't get much worse for him. So I put the one <laughs> Shutters on top. I think three to one's a really good price. This is one of those where if we get three to one on race day, you're going to see me firing a win bet at it. Top pick for me as well, and I also want to bring up this is a second time out from Mark Hennig. After being purchased for $60,000 at the Keeneland April Horses of Racing Age sale, uh, we both, I believe, used the two horses that were sold in April and now show up in this race. Uh, but the number one shutters top pick for me as well. I made Al's Rocket my second pick at 4-1. to one. It's Pletcher, it's Irad, it's Saratoga on the turf with the horses. Third off the layoff, third start at age 4. The two back rallied from last of eight to finish second behind a runaway gate to wire winner. And then last time out, you mentioned the, the fact that Shutters really was the best looking horse and just had all sorts of trouble on the rail. This horse still ran really well and just missed behind a four to five Irad and Chad winner uh, and a runner in second place with Katie Davis aboard that nearly went gate to wire as well. Uh, and I like that we're keeping on Ortiz brother aboard. So I did use the 10 Al's Rocket as well. But I understand if the post can concern you because we're going two turns at kind of a quick run up to that first turn. It was a little concerning for me. I'm just hoping that it isn't that much of an issue. Yeah, I, I didn't like the 10 because of the post. And, and like I said, the, I think the one covers the 10. I think the one shutters are just better than Al's Rocket. So I don't feel like I need to use them both. And I, I wanted to spread a little bit here and I wanted to have some prices. And so because of that, I left Al's Rocket off. Uh, second pick, a horse that, like, if you want to go have fun, watch the last five races from Bruce. I mean, this the three horse in this spot loves to fight and it started at saratoga the, the race is four and five back where run sixth and run second and you look at that and you're like well that's not very good um look those were two tough tough races uh specifically the one where the horse ran six was like three wide on both turns on the day where saratoga if you weren't on the rail for both turns you could not win ruse dug in and tried his ass off there and ends up just missing next time out comes back runs second very similar story it was going a mile was too wide, both turns, caught the lead, and just got run down late. Uh, came back, I thought ran really well at Aqueduct, faced shutters that day, ended up losing. Came, comes back at Belmont and dug in and showed so much heart to win at seven furlongs. Then jumps up to Stakes Company, wasn't able to get the job done there against better. Now jumping back down to where he fits. Ruse is going to get a very good trip here because Ruse is going to be your rail speed. I, I think that you're not going to see him on the lead, but you're going to see him sitting very forwardly placed, probably pressing from the inside in this spot and sitting in that second position. 
if Ruse gets a lead, watch out. If Ruse is sitting in that second position and saves ground both turns, watch out. You're going to have to go get him. He's not going to come back to you. So I, I do like the three quite a bit here. Uh, yeah, Kevin B agreeing with you loves the horse. He's, Kevin's worried about the uh, the pressure, and so you went with an eight to one horse that you think will be on the lead and it's got inside speed. I also did. Just one that was outside the number four, My Seat Cottage, uh, also eight to one. This is the other one for Ortiz brother. Uh, this horse has been competitive in all six starts since last December, which was his first start after 252-day layoff. He's never missed the board in those six starts. Has two wins, two of the losses he missed by necks in those spots. One gate to wire last time out with Irad aboard, but the previous two races when he lost by a neck both times, he had Jose aboard, including at a mile and a 16th over the inner turf at Belmont Park. I think this horse has got a lot of fight in him, just like the three does. It'd be really interesting for us from a show perspective uh, if they turn off the corner and it's the three and four and they're clearly they're gonna, one of them's going to win and they're just sitting there just, who's got the more fight? Who's got it going for him right there? So uh, I, I did, I respected the three. I liked the four just a little bit more. So that's why I went with him. Uh, let's talk about the other horse we agree upon. And that's the number five. What say thee at 15 to one? Uh, to me, this is a horse that just, he really needs a pace collapse. He hasn't had gotten that set up for him recently. And if the three and four decide to just gun it stupidly on the front end and the sixth fair dinkum uh, fun name decides to join them as well, we could finally have the right setup for the five horse. Uh, I'll let you talk about the horses, uh, the races in the past, but I just want to talk about the fact that Jack Sisterson has always been this horse's trainer. He has not always been this horse's owner. The breeder Calumet Farm is who had this horse and campaigned him until April. They put him in that horse's racing age sale, the same one that Shutters was sold to, uh, uh, sold in and went to Mark Hennig. Sister Sin, as the trainer, paid $45,000 of his own money to keep the horse with himself. And what's the first thing he does? Gelds him. Snips the balls right off. We're second time gelding, so the horse is a little more used to the aerodynamics, a little bit more free-flowing. It's not a weird feeling. He's now used to it. Uh, so good angles there. Talk to me about his races, though. Well, I mean, this is just a really, really muddied up form prior to this last effort. So a mile and three eighths on the turf, a mile and eighth on the turf, a mile and 70 yards on the synthetic, a mile and a half on the turf, a mile and 70 on the synthetic, a mile and a quarter on the dirt, a mile on the turf. Just no consistency at all in how the horse was campaigned. But all of the better races came at the longer distances, right? Well, I wouldn't say longer distances, but not the mile and a half is a little brutal. But ran well at a mile and an eighth, ran well over a mile, like, now we come back and we start out first start after Sisterson takes ownership and we go seven furlongs, which is too short for this horse. Clearly a setup race. There was That's why we were in that race was to set up this second off the layoff, stretching out to the mile plus distance that we want. 15 to one is a heck of a price on a horse that should get a pretty good setup, should get a very good trip and is capable of winning. We had a career best buyer after the horse gets snipped. Now you're getting second off the layoff. The horse is clearly prepped to go second off the gelding. I realize like you're projecting to step forward here, a pretty decent one, but there's like seven different reasons why this horse could take a step forward in a pretty decent one. You're getting 15 to one with Gaffigone who's been on fire. I respect the heck out of Sisterson who can train him up and gets these type of horses home often at great meets like Saratoga as well. So I think it's all systems go here for what say the, I think the last was really just a prep race for this race. And this is where they were pointing at Saratoga. And so I'll take 15 to one all day here. Uh, we each have one more horse to go. I'll talk about the one that uh, was actually ahead of him 
uh, in that last race. The number seven, Dracon, Dragon, Dracon. At fifteen to one, I feel I feel like if I'm using the five, let's say the I should probably use the seven a little bit as well. Finished three quarters of a length ahead of him last time out while rallying from eighth. Whereas the five, like you said, it was you know seven furlongs too short for him. But the seven, the the five horse, let's say the kind of just ran in place a little bit. The seven really managed to close, which I thought was impressive. Now the question is, can he handle two turns at Saratoga against this kind of class? Two turns he's done before, but it was three races at Sam Houston. Uh, they were all his first three starts for Robertina Diodoro, got a win by open lengths and also two neck victories there. This is a huge step up in class, but he also had that seven furlong starter allowance win at Belmont Park back in May. So I think he can handle the New York talent for this spot. The, uh, you know, the fact that he came within three quarters of length of a praise who was a, a very short priced Chad Brown horse. Um, I like that for him. It's just a matter for me of can he go a mile in a 16th. Uh, in this spot, but at 15 to one, I'll use him. I was back and forth between this one and the last horse that you used, and you're going for a horse for course angle on the number two. Yeah, I know a lot of people mentioned the two here in the chat as well, Dancing with the Stars. Um, I, I used this horse, I think on a previous show, maybe the first weekend, and the horse scratched out of the race, and now this is where we're coming back. Uh, Dancing with the Stars and Sias have been a phenomenon uh, here, up here at the spa. Uh, they won in, I think it was 2021, they won in 2022 with this horse. Uh, mm -hmm. Now here we are back in 2023 trying to go three straight, straight years. Um, and every time it's been winning, it's size of the board. Uh, horse is three for six over the Saratoga turf course. And this is the kind of setup this horse needs. It's need, drawing inside, being able to sit on, on the inside of both turns, make one big run down the lane, try and snap them off. That's how Dancing with the Stars got the wins at Saratoga before. You're going to get a very similar trip here with size of the board again. I do think there's enough pace to chase here. You're going to have horses like Ruse. You're going to have uh, horses like My Sea Cottage, probably like Fair Dinkum Go as well. All of that sets up for someone coming from off the pace and Dancing with the Stars is probably one of your more likely off the pace winners, uh, at least from way back. So uh, to me, I, I feel like you kind of have to use this one here at 10 to 1. So I'll go 4 deep here. I'm going to go 1, 2, 3, 5. Got a 3 to 1 favorite, but then we get the 10 to 1, 8 to 1, and 15 to 1 to round out the race. And both Mark Haft and Dr. Tang uh, talking up the two as well. Uh, oh, I shoot, I missed the race. I didn't have it up. But listen, if you watch Dudes Who Bet Daily, first of all, you would have hit uh, some really nice bets earlier, and then you would have been screaming at Kevin Gossman like I was for losing that one. But we both, I don't know about you, I went with McCulloch. I thought McCulloch, I said, you can't play Warlike Goddess. You've got to take McCulloch, and she wins at 4-1. to one. I didn't watch the race. I just saw the chat talk about it, and then I see McCulloch on the screen there. Uh, McCulloch got her, though, so... Uh, Doc says that uh, it was Joelle being Joelle. Okay. And she got caught at the wire. That doesn't happen unless she's in the Breeders' Cup usually. So I'll have to watch that one back. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, Samich and Dr. Ting on the same horse. Nick says I'll have to use the two. If there's any scratches in this spot, I think the two is definitely going to make uh, the ticket for me. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about Saratoga's late pick five on Saturday, August 5th. Three grade one races, the other two, lots of fun, plenty of ways to go. If we you like a horse that we didn't mention, let us know down in the, the comments section. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Curtis Kellward. He is at some of them, 18, number one, number eight. Let us know your tickets. We love to see what our fans are playing. Maybe you take our picks and our opinions and some of them and mix in your own. We've seen that work very successfully for some of our fans as well. And Again, if you hit, we want to hear about it. So let us know uh, in the comments section. We'll give out our tickets. Whoops, one last time. I hit the wrong button there. Uh, I'll start for 50 cents. I'm going 1-6 with 2-5-6-8. Single Cody's Wish, the 6. 5-9-10. 
with 1, 4, 5, 7, 10. That's $60 for mine, Mr. Semich. I'm going to play a $48 ticket here. I'm going to go 156 with 25 with 6 with 4579 with 1235. Again, $48 for 50 cents. Over at racingdudes.com, you can get yourself the you can do the pre-order right now. It should be available uh probably Friday morning, early afternoon, hopefully. We'll see what uh see what the bosses do. <laughs> uh we've got the betting bible for the Whitney Stakes will be available. It's, uh you can get it for download or for pre-sale right now and as soon as it's ready we'll get send out email blasts and tweets. We'll be sure to let you know to go check that out. If you have any kind of a subscription to the Samo Bombs, the Premium Products, the Racing Dudes Rockets, any combination thereof, you get all of the bibles for free. So if you're looking to play Saratoga Del Mar and keep playing the or keep getting the bibles if you buy two of those a month, it basically pays for itself to just get yourself a premium uh, membership of some sort. So go check that out at racingdudes.com. Uh, anything else before we get out of here other than uh, Warlight got us lost and we're all going to blame Joel Rosario, it sounds like. Well, I, it sucks. I've tried to fade Warlight got us in the pick six and the pick five. We're three deep in the pick five, four deep in the pick six. And that freaking pipeline, I did not fade pipeline. I had to try and fade them both. Can we just see what the pick five and pick six payouts are now? Because they are going to be stacked with both of those going down. Uh, one other thing to note, um, we got football tonight, Magic. Yeah, the CFL. We got the CFL, Winnipeg and BC Lions, baby. We got, we got NFL football. The Hall of Fame game starts in a mere two hours. Give me under 33 and a half in the Jets and the Browns tonight. Uh, average score 29.3 over the last 10 years in the Hall of Fame game. We get Zach Wilson in a, in a vanilla offense in the first half from the Jets and third and four stringers in the second half. No points scored, baby. Let's keep this under 33 and a half. Uh, by the way, Magic, my first under, I've done this every year with, with totals. Giants under seven and a half is the first lock of the year for me. We're going to go with my boys last year. We went over six and a half. We're going Giants under seven and a half this year is the first one. The Giants cashed the over before the season was half over last year, which was a phenomenal play by you. We also were hoping they would win the division. They didn't quite. That was a tough division to win last year. Uh, We got a couple minutes. What's your reasoning for this? This is very interesting. The more you dive into their schedule, the more screwed they are. They're going to start out one and four on the year at best. Uh, The first half of their schedule, absolutely brutal. And one of their weaknesses this year is their interior offensive line. That is everyone they are playing early. They're teams with good interior pass rushes. It is going to be very, very difficult for them to be able to get any wins early. I expect they're going to be two and seven, maybe three and six through nine games. And then the back half of their schedule features playing the Eagles twice. they got to take on the Patriots. they got to take on uh, the Packers. It's, it's just not an easy schedule for them at all. And then you look at the quarterbacks they faced last year. It seemed like every week the Giants played a team that hurt, had a quarterback hurt the previous week. This year they have to play a very good quarterback roster. So give me the under on the Giants. Oof. I mean, I haven't dived into it, and you've been very, very impressive whenever you give out uh, preseason bets that don't involve the Cleveland Browns. So hopefully uh, you keep that, that streak rolling here. Bet, Dick. I bet that midseason. Baker Mayfield is a rookie to take the Browns to win the Super Bowl? They were 50 to 1, and it wasn't a large bet, but it happens, you know. I'll find you a 50 to 1 in Saratoga that's got a better chance of hitting than that. So, yeah. We got Anyways, thanks for joining us. We'll be back uh, Friday through Sunday. Dudes who bet daily. We've been giving out lots of great winners. We are uh, coming into today over $500 a year to date. Uh, playing, you know, four or five days a week. And if you watched this for the first few months, you knew we were down 
four figures. So the fact that we're up over 500 coming in today is pretty impressive. Uh, should be able to turn a profit today as well, despite Kevin Gossman of running out of gas in the sixth inning there for the Toronto Blue Jays. But we'd love to see you there every Friday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Blinkers Off will be live at some point later today. I'm not sure when. And then also possibly due to bet sports. I'm not sure. The, I know Aaron's at, uh, traveling around to upstate New York. Papa Dude's getting ready to go to Florida for his vacation there. So that may or may not happen this week. Uh, Dudes After Dark programming note, they are off this week. Uh, I love that everybody was all excited to do one show and then poor Nick Seavers can't get anybody to commit to him. So Nick Seavers, he's having some issues with commitment, aren't we all? But we'll be back with that pretty soon as well. Hopefully next week covering Del Mar. Uh, until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And Mike, I'm you better show better show Kevin B's boy Fat Daddy some respect after today. That was You were respecting it. You had Giants first five under, uh, yeah, first Giants five winning. He pitched really well. Just made one big mistake, and the Giants bullpen game came true for us. So we got that plus 107 home. We get, I'd like, I, I'm, I will say he pitched better than I expected. Well, we're still cashing, baby. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.